Hello, party people. You are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm Bree, I think. And I think my name is Wade, I think. And we're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Gnarly, gnarly. Actually, not as gnarly today because everybody survived in this episode. Everybody but one person survived my story, but it was like heroic efforts to save these people that's fucking sad as shit but everybody it's survived cold. in it's my story it's kind of cool though but we could go see this place in november when we go on our vacation <gasps> what? that's what? why i did the story and i was like it's not a murder so are you cool with that you said yes so i did this project right <laughs> so what? everybody understands what we're talking about our theme today was survival stories and we're going to Thailand in November. That's what I was talking about. So that too. She threw me for a curveball right there. I was like, everybody knows we're going to Thailand? Everybody does not know we're going to Thailand, but now they do. Oh, yeah, we're <laughs> going to Thailand. I think Super that... Super late anniversary, so I'm sorry. At the beginning of November, our theme for our episode should be like Thailand murders or some shit. I have that written down. Why? Because we're going to Thailand. Yeah, but you're going to not sleep on the plane. True. So you're going to do research on a Thailand murder and then fly to Thailand for 24 hours and you're not going to sleep because you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to Thailand. There's somebody going to kill me. I've already looked up Thailand murders and there's not as many as there are in the U.S. So I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're not in Thailand. You're in the U.S. I, I don't care. It's way less in Thailand than it is in the U.S. Yeah, but how many people are in Thailand? A lot. How many people in the U.S.? I don't know, a lot. <laughs> there's a lot in Oh, both. wow, there's a lot and a lot. So it's like apples and oranges then? Yeah. You can't compare the two? No. So then why compare the <laughs> exactly, two? Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't think you know what you're saying. Oh, my God. Anyway. FYI, it's our anniversary weekend this weekend. We took Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off of work. Not really. Monday I had to work. He, Today I had to work. I didn't have to work. She got hey. to sleep in, but I woke her up. Just because I was pissy. I was up at six anyways, but but I got to lay in bed, smoke weed, watch reality TV, and fucking relax. So I wasn't that mad about it. From like 6.30 to like noon, I straight chilled. And then got shit done. I yep. did the dishes. I did my notes for today. I and got some shit done. if any of our coworkers listen to this, fuck you. Oh, if you snitch, oops. I know, bitch, because I can see that shit. I don't think smoking weed is going to be that big of a deal among us. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But Anyways. Continue on with your background, girl. So today we're talking about people who survived. No murders today. No people dying. Well, apparently in Wade, Sony dice. But the victim is not dying. We're talking about people who fucking persevered and they survived. My victims, though, got like the truth presented differently in the media than what really happened and it's still oh so like the real world literally weird weird right and it's not even in the united states but if they're doing it in other countries obviously the u.s is doing it It doesn't matter exactly they're doing it the best though so it's like a ghost no one knows what's happening doesn't matter if the u.s is or not all right okay so our theme today was you already said it like four times they survived 
I am saying the name of it. Leave me the fuck alone. So I did a little bit of psych and some background on like survival and the mindset behind it and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, like, what does it really mean to survive? In some opinions, it is mental attitude and conditioning. Others think that it's the will to survive specifically. Take our cannibalism episode we did on the Uruguayan rugby team crash. Holy shit. So the story I did about that big rugby team that crashed in the Andes. Um, Besides victims that died by injury or impact of the actual plane crash, there was a differentiator between the victims who survived. Um, All that time in the Andes and the ones who did not survive, like... Why did they not survive compared to the people that did? Well, a lot of these men and women in the crash refused to accept the fact that their situation was helpless. They all knew each other intimately because they were a team. They were a rugby team. They had known each other for a long time as well as their families. They were innovative and they did not let their situation dictate their outcome. They chose to survive. These people had no survival gear. Little to no food. They had, like, some wine and some peanuts and shit. Like, nothing. If you want to know, go listen to the episode. Um, They were stranded on a snowy mountain in the Andes. They had no shelter and had just endured a catastrophic plane crash. But they made it happen. Some of them survived. A lot of them survived, actually. On the flip side of the coin, you can take someone with all the training in the world, give them every piece of survival survival gear you can imagine and i have to stop really quick we have been drinking in nevada city for half of the day it is our two-year wedding anniversary and i'm drunk as shit so i apologize i am trying i'm i'm trying to stay focused so we are trying our shit together right now we are trying our shit together right now that's (laughs) what i said interpret it how you want i don't give a fuck no fucks again (laughs) <laughs> nope uh-uh. oh god so basically even if somebody has all the gear in the world if they don't have the will to survive it's not gonna happen dude in my case this shit is oh really real like it's really, really real it's real life dying shit. is really real no the whole like equipment thing but if you panic and you fuck your equipment yes. up and you don't survive like that's not even what i'm talking about but yeah oh uh, it's not no <laughs> <laughs> roughly, but not exactly. Still, roughly. You're like, I read words. I know basically what you're talking about. I'm drunk. I had picklebacks all day. Just wait till my story, girl. I'm not saying it'll be bad. It's 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 some shit. <laughs> okay. I have like nine pages of I shit. I have so many notes, I am going to edit. And she has really good handwriting. Like extremely and that was me writing like and she stays with punctuation she's got commas and like (laughs) dash marks where the eye would like whoa wow (laughs) conjunction (laughs) thank you wait no that's not the right word it's not apostrophe conjunction junction what's your function (laughs) anyways we are never gonna get through this okay we're not, but this is going to be the greatest episode. So if you listen to it, I you're for sure. I commend you. <laughs> I recommend that you message us on Facebook because if you say that, then I could justify drinking more. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are allowing me to be an alcoholic. Exactly. So please peer pressure me, people. Thank you. Oh, my God. Okay. So. (sighs) Am I going to make it to my case? (laughs) Yes, you will, because you're going to go first. People who let fear take over their thought. Oh my god! (laughs) You don't have to have your notes ready yet. I have another page and a half. (laughs) I'm not gonna listen to this episode. I'm just gonna ignore this one and upload it. (laughs) I hope it's good because it's great to us. (laughs) At the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll listen to it like Friday. (laughs) Oh, good. All right. So. Two types of people, generally speaking. There's people who let fear take over their thought processes and actions. So they, like, become frozen almost. We know that person who gets scared and they just, like, fucking freeze. And they can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything. I'm not. I just okay. That's enough. A few names came to mind. Continuing. (laughs) They become so overwhelmed with the situation and fear that they are unable to make decisive decisions and ultimately their indecisiveness becomes their downfalls, basically. Like, they can't make a decision. That's what kind of fucks them in the end. Cut to me taking three and a half hours to decide what I want to eat while Wade is asking me over and over again. I would be dead really, really fast. She would have been dead, like... At least a dozen times. Okay, I like all food. Dude, <laughs> yesterday's food. Come on, talk about the sushi. Mark oh your place of reading. Okay, talk okay. About the sushi. I have to tell you, what was the name of it? Do we not know? Uh, oh, we God. don't speak of it because the owner was real. She was. I know, I was going to give them a fucking recommendation because she was so good. Anyways, it's we were. Tahoe City. We were in North Ish. Tahoe Sushi. North Tahoe City Sushi. <laughs> Northish Tahoe in that general Northwest. area. Googled it. I was like, I want fucking sushi. It's our two year anniversary. Let's do this. So we drive over there. Get this waiter that's like twelve years old, maybe. No, the older guy was our first waiter, and he was only there for like twenty minutes. And he, he was forgot. twelve. Dude was not twelve. He was twelve. Mentally, yes. Physically, no. He was 16? Like 30. Oh. He was like 30. He was not that old. The fuck he wasn't? That was a grown-ass man. We have a difference in opinion. Ah, he was a grown-ass man. I don't I know don't, what I don't think he looked like a grown-ass man. He looked like a teenager. Anyways, the importance of the story is that we did not get served for 45 minutes. I very kindly walked into the sushi bar and asked to speak to the owner who had just shown up, who was shit-faced drunk probably, off of North Shore, listening to a concert. I was like, hey, I'm not mad, but I'm super fucking hungry, and that makes me mad, and all of these things happened, and you handed me a bill before I got my fucking food, and I'm hungry. She cut to us. Her giving us six bottles of sake and like, how many? No, four bottles of sake, six rolls. No, no, She said, let me get you drunk. And I said, that's not all you're going to do. For free. That's not all you're going to do. That's not what you said. She said that the bill was comped. So I was like, okay. She said, she's going to get me drunk. So I'm like, I'm 275 pounds. So if you want to get me drunk, then that means you got to feed me because I got to fucking stay up. I ran that bill up. So much. Oh, I got like four more rolls, like six more bottles of sake. I was so embarrassed, but I didn't say anything. Uh, 
I, I confirmed with her before I ordered it. And sometimes she was in the bathroom because we drank a shit ton of sake. And she went pee like 20 times in like two I hours. I small bladder. <laughs> but Wade got his revenge. It was like a $160, $180 bill. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my Appreciate God. it. Okay, is your story over now? Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I really just wanted to tell them about We that. literally got over $200 worth of sushi and sake for completely free. I just told them $131.80. Don't undermine me. It was more than that. <laughs> it was way more than that. He eats a lot of food and we drink a lot of liquor. Uh, again, thanks. <laughs> I'm saying we. Read your notes. I thought you wanted to You proceed. interrupted me. You wanted to proceed, so proceed. Oh my god, I'm going to proceed. Okay, we had fun. We've great. been at the bar all day. The mine shaft, Olivia, you are the shit and your tattoos are beautiful. And what up? And your truck is awesome. It and really your dog. Is. Your dog is beautiful. All of it is awesome. Yes. Sativa <laughs> is great. She really is. Okay, so people who Man, live here. We're really loud. We really are. I can tell on the fucking audacity, but shut the fuck up. People who let fear take over their thought processes and actions become frozen. So frozen by fear. You've heard that sentiment. They become so overwhelmed with the situation and fear that they are unable to make decisive decisions. And ultimately, their indecisiveness becomes their downfall. So, like I was saying, cut to me taking two hours to decide what to eat. We got on our 20-minute tangent about the bar that we found. That's awesome. It was like three minutes. 20 minute tangent we're only at 13 minutes i literally exaggerate everything i know but 20 minutes and 13 minutes that's a real big exaggeration not really i'm gonna it proceed is. these people know what they're listening oh to. my god no they don't true because <laughs> i don't think i don't think i'm making sense you're reading notes so you should be making nobody sense. thinks we make sense right now oh. tony does <laughs> okay <laughs> On the other hand, there are also people who allow for, or, oh my god, allow fear, my bad, to drive their actions. These people give into their body's natural chemical reaction to fear and allow adrenaline to take over. So basically these people like feel fear, but they let their body respond to it positively. This isn't always ultimately a good thing. Um, sometimes it is though. They could be too quick to make a decision, usually, usually without thinking, like, you know, clearly, and they ultimately fail because they get themselves into a situation that could have easily been avoided. So if they just make, like, a super quick decision without, like, thinking about it at all. Um, so in conclusion, no one really knows what it takes to survive. Whether it's a situation and circumstance, a secret blends of fucking characteristics and traits, or a little bit of both. The people who survive, they're fucking badasses. I commend them, and we're going to talk about a few of them today. Okay, let's do that talk. How about you go first, because you're drunk and I just want to hear it. Uh, okay, so... Mine kind of dibble dabbles in a lot of weird shit. Cool. I'm damn sure. So, the rescue, like what you're just talking about, how people panic and shit like that. So, the rescue effort actually thought of that. And they did something about that, which was 
pretty fucked up because they told the media that they didn't do that. They did something different, and then it came out that they definitely did some fucking weird shit. And once we're done, again, Bree, if you want to go over our social media right now with them, we'll have some weird shit posted because I got videos, I got pictures, I got mileage. I got that. Mileage, like I we're got, at work. It, I hiked this much today. But uh, do your research, people, because once I actually did it, I was like, whoa, this was a lot more deep than I thought it really okay. was, physically and emotionally. First of all, I'm confused. Second of all... Am I confusing you? Our Facebook and Instagram is Booze Bullshit and True Crime. Gmail is Booze BS and True Crime at gmail.com. Yes, continue. Why Proceed. Am I confusing you? Because you're drunk and you make no sense. Go ahead. Oh. Okay, so a, there's a soccer team in Thailand. Okay. They're having practice. And this was June of last year, 2018. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, recent. Recent, recent. Yeah. I like that. So there's 12 members of a Thai soccer team. Oh, my God. Coach, I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Their coach decided that they would go exploring a nearby cove in Tham Long Lang. Where? Uh, Tham Lang. Thamalang. Tham, yeah, Thamalang. I have no idea. And it's it, one of lar- one of Thailand's largest coves. Sorry, it's T H. This story is so fucked up. I'm so ready. It is, and it the cove is again T H A M L U A N G cove. I think it's Thamlong. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. That's how I would say it. Yeah, I've been doing some Rosetta Stone too <laughs> behind Bree's back, so this is the first time she's hearing about it. Just a little dibble dabble, but a I want I want to know how to say bathroom, beer, and yes, and thigh. By the time you go to Thailand in November, I haven't even thought of those. Those are really good. Oh my god. Anyways, okay. The the boys of the soccer team, because it was all boys soccer team. They're aged between like 11 and 16 from what I was reporting. Baby muffins. And their coach is only 25. I'm oh. 27. I'm 20 fucking 7. So yeah, I'd be like, hey, hey you group of 12-year-olds, you want to go exploring? I'm going to get stoned and, you know, you guys go run around on the rocks. So they were basically baby muffins. Oh, uh, yeah. A bunch this, of baby muffins running around. This story is really wild. I pulled a lot of my research actually from Fox. So if you don't think they're credible, oh, cool, I think you're the same. Like I'm a liberal! Yeah, I'm not a liberal. I just, they had the most info from my research. I know medium. you, and if I had to decide, you would be a liberal. Me? Not that I think you're one or the other, but you're more I liberal I don't give a fuck are. about that shit. Get rid of all of it. He's more liberal than... Exactly! Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Continue. Anyway. My story's fucking we, long. I'm sorry. I do not know how to edit shit, so Tony, if you're listening to this and it's really loud and you're like turning down your radio because you're all help bad... Us. Help us! motherfucker, because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I just it. literally put the intro in and then we're done. Boom. Podcast complete. <laughs> uh, anyways, the coach was 25, so... They decided that they were going to go explore this cave. And it was actually part of it, like a cove, a channel where, you know, high tide, low tide shit happens. And not a really good idea if you don't know tides. Anyways, they went ahead and got in the water. And they began to explore the cave. When a flash flood came, the boys and the coach got pushed deeper and deeper into that fucking cave Mm. and eventually made their way to an elevated platform, which is four kilometers in, which if I remember 
correctly. How much is a fucking kilometer? I so kilometers <laughs> per hour. I was going sixty and it was recording like a hundred. So you do the math. I'm drunk. I can't. I'm drunk. I'm. Not I believe do the math. it's like. It's a. It's more. It's it's a lot. <laughs> Four kilometers is quite a ways in this fucking tunnel cave. Six miles, I believe, was the news. Clump, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And the cave system was actually kind of crazy because it was all twisty, really deep, really open areas to where once it fills up, you would get you're fucked. You, you would you well not even that if you swim out and you didn't really pay attention where you're coming out, you get distraught and you were really wouldn't know where to go. You wouldn't be able to breathe, like, shit like that. Like, it was pretty fucking intense. So The rescue attempt, like, and it was most, crazy. Just Most wait. of these kids were fucking 15, so okay. Most, I think there was one kid that was, like, 16. The one rest of them kid. were, like, 12 and 13. I said most. I know, but, like, you still said 14. Like, I think they were, like, 12 and 13. So they were like, young. They were, they were young, little. young, like, little, little babies. Poor baby muffins. Yeah. So, it... They had no fucking food. They had no fucking way out. Literally, they they had no fucking water either. And either and they were either in either and they're in there forever. And all they could do is sit and wait. Ugh. So once they actually like realized that they were trapped, the boys took turns digging a sixteen foot hole into the cave, hoping they would find a way out. Aww. Like, they were so scared that they just started digging into the side of this fucking cave, Aww. hoping that they would reach they sunlight. They would hit air or whatever. Or anything, yeah, to where they could do I mean, anything, yeah. So, they were Thai, and they actually meditated to save energy and avoid thinking about, like, the, you know, no food, shit like that. Yeah, so they would clear their minds, and they would get, you know, they would, un- you know, they would understand where they're at. They were all me. Yeah. So when they were doing that, there was actually some British divers oh. that came to the cave because they knew the flood was happening and they wanted to dive and, you know, explore the caves. Wow. So those British divers came upon these boys and they had been at this time submerged in that cave for over 14 days or actually 14 days exactly. It was that long? 14 days? I didn't know that. Holy shit, okay. That's, how are they living without food for two weeks? I have no idea. Did they get shellfish or like something? Some shit like that. Wow. So, surviving that long was only half the battle. The Thai seals entered the cave to help and you know, hang out with the fucking boys. <laughs> oh, you mean like military seals. Yeah, sorry. Like, sorry, the Navy. Seals. The Thai Navy. Okay. And like they're the Thai Navy divers. Right. Sorry. Yeah. They're, they were, I guess, they were comparing them in this to the seals, which would make sense because the seals would do like the rescues. Yeah. And yeah. The crazy like hot shot firefighter type shit. Anyways, uh, they came in just to hang out with the boys as the rescue plan pretty much was end up you know being built and being put into effect and shit like that Which, so amazing yeah the Thai seals were or the Thai divers dove in to found the boys and to be like hey we're here like don't panic we understand Aww. like we're coming up with a plan for it here's food so yeah I don't know though they didn't they say brought something I they I'm sure they did but I don't know anyways 
this is where shit goes weird. Uh, so over the course of a three-day mission to rescue these boys, divers retrieved each player and their co- coach successfully. Wow. Everybody made it out except for one guy. Okay. And it wasn't a soccer player. So uh, the journey to the surface required each boy's to wear a full face diving mask, be fed like be tied between two drivers, and swim for hours through turns and twists through tight squeezes and for long stretches where it was an abyss. Zero sunlight. Wow. No visibility because it was murky waters. A lot of weird shit. Hence why they were t- tethered to them. And hence why a lot of other things were happening, but not voiced to the media until certain... They were rescued! No. Certain social media pages posted videos and pictures. Oh. What was happening was, was the boys were tethered between two divers. They were tied between two divers. The Thai SEAL team, the Thai divers, pretty much... They led them through these tunnels, and it it was pretty wild. So, the article that you should look up will be the Twelve Wild Boars, and that was I'm pretty sure the soccer team's name. I actually didn't even look that up. Now oh, that I'm God, reading about it, that's bad. but that was the <laughs> article that I read. They spent more than two weeks trapped in this Thai cave, and once they got filled up it was a very big effort to rescue them the boys would have to wear sweatsuits and flippers to swim wetsuits wetsuits and and flippers because the water was so cold and they had to you know swim for hours ketamine (laughs) (laughs) yeah they fucking did some crazy shit what yeah it was pretty gnarly so The rescue efforts and the rescue plan was to pretty much tranquilize these kids and drag them through this tunnel. What the they fuck? They even fucking handcuffed their hands behind their backs because they were afraid of di- misdiagnosing some boys with giving them too much or not enough ketamine and them waking up in the trap, like between them rescuing them from where they left to where they're going. Why to. would they give them ketamine? Because they were trying to sedate them to fucking make sure that they weren't like. I am so confused. They're trying to keep them alive, dragging them through the ocean. Why would you drag, drug them with well, ketamine? They, you know, had to be secured with oh these fucking God. tight-fitted masks. Why, why are you defending the Thai government? I'm not defending them. I'm just explaining why they thought it was the best thing to do oh my god yeah so it's pretty fucking nuts that's bad these boys were strong <laughs> strong the fuck out no they were drugged like drug drugged like they were they were past so the what out. like they Just were like blown. let me hook you up to a mask but hold <laughs> on let me give you a fucking cc of whatever yeah pretty much i said this is gonna help oh my god oh uh, my god their hands were handcuffed behind their back oh my god what they're survivors to Why stop from them ripping their tightly fitted masks if they woke up. They were high. <laughs> I, why is... Oh my god. 
They were saying those who had been inside the flooded tunnels knew there was no way a child who never died before could make it through the muddy and trenches or the tr- whatever the fuck that word is. Tre- uh, treacherous? Thank you. Treacherous obstacle course. I'm so upset. Yeah, they only hope the only hope was to, to to sedate them, but oxygen fed by ox and put oxygen fed masks on them with s- silicone seals. So, so that, the only answer is ketamine. Yeah, yeah. So when I was talking about social media and this all real information uh-huh. getting out. Yep. So the fucking Thai Seals Facebook page or like the diving page or whatever posted a picture of the first boy that was taken out, 14-year-old note. He was sedated and he had he had to swallow and inject ketamine into each leg <gasps> and he passed the fuck out, they handcuffed him and fucking dragged his ass out of there. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, after going through the first flooded chamber of the cave and a uh, harness strapped to another diver, the 14-year-old was medically checked before continuing the journey under the surface. So they had a stop point where they checked him and they're like, okay, like he's cool. Pocket, yeah. He's like, okay, he's not cool. dead. Let's we didn't kill him. Let's go. Because if he was dead, we should just drop him and go back and oh get the other guys. Oh my god. Yeah. The two biggest dangers underwater were the boy waking up and panicking or the mask leaking and turning into a fucking plastic bubble, bubble of life over his face into a death trap. What? I'm confused. So what they're saying is is that they them swimming for so long, not paying attention to the boy, the mask not being secured correctly, it started leaking and it pretty much going from a life preserver to a death trap because it's filling full of water and he's drowning himself inside of his mask. There's no air pocket. Shit like that. Oh. So to prevent that, they, you know, the form be- became dislodged and it would be a very big concern so that's why he was handcuffed and sedated i want to throw up yeah and that's why they did a check on him so they could re you know refit the mask and all that crap i still want to throw up yeah the divers used pretty much that similar technique to get the fucking other boys out and the coach so the only dude that died and the only big tragedy that happened was i'll go i'll go over the tragedy first so the big tragedy was was one of the main pumps that was pretty much pumping the water out of the fucking uh, cove. That keeping way, keeping them alive. Not necessarily keeping them alive, but like keeping the water down so they don't have to stand in the water and they could be dry and they could eat and like shit okay. like that. So they could be comfortable for a little bit before they have to get in the water. Okay. They're pumping all that water out. That water failed, so all that shit disappeared, and that was one of the biggest hindrances to their rescue to okay. keeping the boys calm before they gave them the ketamine and sedated them. Oh my god, this yeah. is so bad. Cuz I don't believe that the boys got sedated and so handcuffed in front of everybody. So everybody got ketamine. Everybody got. Ketamine. Oh my god. And the biggest thing though, like I said, was was the fact that they didn't do it in front of the other people I don't to cause pain. But that's the fucked up part. And then they told the media, like, oh, yeah, this is what we did. You know, the boys did great. They were awesome athletes. Shit like that oh, was fucked no. up. So a rescue volunteer and former Thai Navy SEAL, Samon Kuna, he died during the early stages of operations Aww. because he ran out of oxygen. Aww. And that was the only loss on the project. And I, it sounded like it was more or less like 
his gauge wasn't reading collectively and his tank was leaking. So what he thought he had was okay, but what he really had wasn't. And it just was a fucked up situation because they just had left that air pocket area to get to the boys. That's a horrible way to Yeah, die. or not get to the boys, but get back to the surface. Yeah. He was one of the ones that was supposed to go back and report. Like, you know, we have all survivors, blah, blah, blah. Something like that. I So in conclusion, yeah. young team, stranded diving ketamine basically everything's okay uh sure but they <laughs> lied to the media and it was presented a different i way. never heard ketamine one time i'm so happy you did that story because i never even heard that it makes sense mm-hmm. it's a tranquilizer but it's like fucking, holy shit yeah, it's fucked up but it's still kind of funny that they're like yeah we use ketamine and i'm oh like oh my bro God. there's so much other shit there's you so, have used. give them kalonapin but like, it I also don't is thailand so True. It's Thailand. We know we, we got ketamine when you go to Thailand. Ex- I was going to say, we will fully experience Thailand in November. Okay. Anyways. My story is like nine pages long, so let me get ready because it's 32 minutes already, and I need it's to tell the story. not my fault. You wrote nine pages of fucking notes, weirdo. I know. Your story was really, really good. I and love this story. it was only story. a page. No, wait, wait, wait. This is my favorite story. I, this is one of the first true crime stories I ever heard as a kid, so just fucking listen, Okay. This is on Mary Vincent. She is a fucking goddess. I got my notes from Mrs. Vincent's episode of I Survived. She was on season three, episode one. I really wanted to tell this amazing woman's story from her own words and her own perspective, which she speaks throughout the entire episode. It is September 1978 in Modesto, California. So the asshole of California, welcome. Let's proceed. The sphincter of California. It's bad. Where dingleberries hang. (laughs) Shit like that, you know? It piles up. Okay, Cindy Whitehead. (laughs) Mary is 15 years old, and she ran away from home. She starts to feel homesick at a certain point, and she decides she wants to go home to her family in Nevada. She's a kid. The only way she can accomplish this is to hitchhike. She doesn't have a fucking license. She doesn't have any money to take a bus home or a train. As uh, Mary touches in her own episode, hitchhiking was a big thing during her time in the late 70s, early 80s. It was widely accepted. A lot of people were doing it. There were people with signs everywhere looking for a ride. At some point, a man in a blue van pulls up and offers her to take her home. Why are you laughing? This is really I'm not laughing. That's... It's bad. Just wait. There were also two other female hitchhikers that were like on the same corner that she was at looking for a ride. Um, they were holding signs saying that they were going the same direction that she was going, which was south. And... You know, all the girls were clearly headed in the same direction. This man had a completely empty blue van. Uh, He had nothing in the back. Nothing was tied down. Seats were open. But the man pulled up and stated that he only had room for Mary. The other ladies that were hitchhiking obviously saw that this guy was sketch. They had been hitchhiking Longer than this girl had. She was 15 years old. They told her not to take the ride. This guy was a fucking weirdo. And they tried to convince Mary not to take the ride. But this poor, sweet baby muffin 
that was 15 years old. You really like that word, baby? I muffin. love, she is a baby fucking muffin, okay? She's probably a sweetheart. She's a baby muffin. I was just pointing out that you have said baby muffin like 62 times in the past 35 minutes. It's because she is, she's a baby muffin. All right, talk about your baby muffin, your baby will. muffin. She just wanted to be home. She's super fucking tired. She's been a runaway and hitchhiking for however long. This guy pulls up. She takes the ride. He looked like a grandpa, and she said she didn't think that he was capable of anything sinister. She was absolutely desperate to be home at this point. So, you know, it was just... She was tired. She didn't think anything bad was going to happen. Yeah. And... I mean, he was like, I'll take you, but not anybody else. And she was so naive and so young and so tired that she was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll do it. She gets in the van. Obviously, like I said, she's so fucking tired that she pretty quickly falls asleep in the back. And when she wakes up, she does not recognize any of the exit signs that she is seeing. Um, She notices that the signs are going in the complete opposite direction of her home, which is Reno. So she notices she's going towards the Central Valley and not towards Nevada. Can you see where this is going? Yes. Yeah. (sighs) Like the badass she is, she spoke up and she's basically like, you're going the wrong way. I know you're going the wrong way. Like you're doing this on purpose. And at this realization... The guy that picked her up pulls over on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. And if you are in any way familiar with the Central Valley, you know, there, there's like city, 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 city. And then all of a sudden for like stretches, there's literally desert and nothing. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. There's just straight agricultural fields, crops and orchards and easy places the car can turn their lights off on and just pull over. You will not be seen. At all. There is nothing. CHP's cops, they're not looking in those orchards. They're not looking on those side streets. They don't give a fuck. Chilling on the side of the road, checking for speeders, checking their Facebook, texting their baby mamas, being a normal human being at work. Yep, exactly. Not saying that cops are bad. Just saying that, you know, they're normal human beings and they have a job to do and... But I will say they're not out looking for this shit. No, they're not. And anyways, off subject. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) So, this guy pulls over when she says this, when she speaks up, and she's like, look, you're going the wrong direction. I know what you're doing. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, Under the ruse that he needs to relieve himself or go to the restroom, he pulls over and that he was unaware that he was going the wrong direction. So, basically, he's just trying to, like, opt out of the fact that he's doing anything wrong. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I have to take a piss. Hold up. They're in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's around. Nobody's driving by. He gets out of the car. And Mary, our homegirl, realizes that her shoe is untied. And she thinks to herself at that moment, I am more than likely going to have to defend myself, you know, out of a bad situation. And I'm not going to be able to do that if my shoe is untied. So I need to make sure that my shit is fucking tied. So she gets out of the vehicle. She tells herself, like, I need to tie my shoe so I can defend myself. And as she's pulling over and tying her shoe, she gets hit over the head by a fucking sledgehammer. Oh! A sledgehammer. She is 16 years old. Okay, so, after this, 
Mary's held in the van and raped repeatedly over and over again all night. Remember, this girl is 15 years old. Baby Muffin. She starts begging her attacker by the time morning is rolling around, like, please set me free. I will not, you know, go to the police. I just want to go home and see my family. I miss them. Like, please let me go. Yeah. You know what he said? You want to be free? I'll set you free. And he goes over to his toolbox in his truck and he takes out a fucking hatchet as she's watching him. After she's been hit over the head with a sledgehammer. And repeatedly raped. And have, yeah, she's been repeatedly raped over and over again, which is the most important part, you are correct. So, he grabbed her left arm with a hatchet in his hand, and he starts swinging at her fucking left arm over and over again with a hatchet. At this point, Mary feels like she's starting to fall away from him. She naturally grabs her attacker with her right arm, her other arm, because somehow she's falling, even though the dude is grabbing her by her left arm while he was hacking away at it. Oh okay? my god. Just, just wait. I just know wait. what you just said. So, she grabs onto him with her right arm really fucking hard, like as hard as she can. She takes her arm and she grabs onto him as hard as she can. At this point, her brain can't really compute. She is holding on to him with all that she has, but she's still falling away with both arms. Mary looks down at her left arm, the first arm, and there is nothing. There is a stump, and there is blood squirting out the stump. She said she felt everything. So she's not like most people that are like, my adrenaline kicked it. No. She felt the sharpness. She felt the pain. She felt the hotness of her blood flowing out of her body. She felt everything. She was present for everything. He then focuses it. Focuses this is. Sorry. He then focuses on chopping her right arm off. Because, spoiler alert, the left one is gone. He completes the deed. And Mary falls away completely. Laying in a pool of her own blood. Again, she is 15. Not that that it makes it any worse that she's 15, but she is a literal baby muffin. She's had her arms hacked off. She's laying in a pool of her own blood in the middle of nowhere. In the distance, she can see her perpetrator vigorously trying to flick something off of his arm and freaking out in the process. Her arms attached to his. Mary realizes her right hand and forearm are still tightly clutching the arm of her attacker. So even though it's chopped off, yeah, that hand and forearm hand. are still holding on to him, and he's freaking out trying to flick it off. Of him. <laughs> it's probably not even. It's probably holding on tighter than it was when she was holding on to it because it just straight up. I don't care. Up. It's disgusting and it's disturbing. Well, did he get it? Uh, he probably didn't. He get eventually it off. got it off. Not yes. very easily. No, that. not very easily. But he eventually got it off. He then began dragging, dragging Mary. Um, Mary believes that he believed that she was dead, which I agree with. And Mary had gone limp, so she basically had, you know, no energy left in her body. And she just kind of let him drag her. This piece of fucking shit then throws this 15-year-old girl off a 30-foot cliff after chopping both her arms off. She broke four ribs in the fall, and her body had gone into shock, obviously, after her arms were severed due to the blood loss. 
Um, so after getting hit over the head with a fucking sledgehammer, getting both of her arms hacked off with a hatchet, and being thrown off a 30-foot cliff, this bad bitch is still fucking alive. She's still surviving. She lay there bleeding to death. She didn't know if the guy was still waiting for her to see if she was still alive or what the real situation was, but she knew that she needed to survive. She gets up, completely nude, by the way, because he had been raping her all night, and this girl had enough wherewithal to realize she was bleeding to death. So she shoves her nubs that she has on both arms into the mud to make a mud pack so her arms would stop bleeding so she would stop bleeding to death after all of this. Like, I have fucking chills right now. Like, that's nuts. 15 years old, wakes up after that, shoves her nubs in the mud, is like, I'm going to live. I'm going to do this. Fuck yeah. Right? I was like, fuck "Fuck yeah, yeah, Mary. Fuck yeah, Mary. Get it, Mary. (laughs) She then walks towards the direction of the sound of the freeway, which I believe was the I-8. Um, she knows that she would find people there because that's a super busy freeway. It doesn't matter what time of day it is, morning, whatever. Like, there's a lot of people there. So she just starts walking towards that sound. Um, the first car that she encounters refuses to stop, which is fucked up. But, like, listen to me for a second. Can you imagine? You're driving down the freeway. You get off on the wrong exit or you're going home in the middle of nowhere or whatever. And you see a completely nude armless person covered in blood in the middle of nowhere. Not that I would leave her, but like that would... I would at least call the cops. The last thing I... Like, I would at least call 911. At least. At least. If I was with you, I would stop. If I was just by myself, I don't know. I would like pull over a few hundred feet ahead and call the cops, I think. At least do something. But they just... Like, help her, at least. They just left and continued on. They didn't even call 911. They just left. A second car approached a while later. They were a, couple, they were a couple on their honeymoon that had taken the wrong exit off the freeway, and they were lost. So, this is us, FYI. They immediately pulled over. Yes, solid people. They still do exist. They comforted her. They had her lay down on the back of the vehicle, and they promised to get her to the hospital as quick as they could. And they, they made her feel good. They took care of her. The guy raced to the phone where they could call 911. Like she said in I Survive, she could, like, feel the vehicle, like, lifting off the ground when he would go over, like, bumps. Like, he was fucking <laughs> hustling. He was hustling for her. And this was before cell phones. He was hustling to a payphone. Yeah. Like, they got there. They called 911. They called the paramedics. And they very well, they saved her life. Like, yeah, they did. Yeah. We're going back to the bar. (laughs) Mary, we're drinking for you. (laughs) Mineshaft. Yeah. So what's pretty fucking crazy, she lost over half the blood in her entire body. Which I didn't even know was possible, but she did. That's like the edge. No, that's past the edge, homeboy. past the edge, yeah. Yeah. A quarter. I think a quarter of your blood yeah, is like where you're supposed to die. Yeah. And also on top of her losing half of her blood, the blood in her body had become toxic. Yeah. So her body septic. had become to reject it. So she was yeah. septic. And just wait. Ten days later, police identified and charged Mary's attacker because he fucking cummed inside of her because he's a piece of shit even more. 
fuck this dude. Who's this guy? Who's he? Oh, trust me, he gets his. The next time she saw him, she was in court. His name was Lawrence Singleton. Fuck him. Fuck him. Like the boss bitch she is, she fucking testified in court against him in front of him. He was close enough to her that he could reach out and grab her if he wanted to. She did all of this outfitted with her new prosthetic arms that she had gotten because she lost both of her arms because he fucking hacked them off with a hatchet. Fuck yeah, I hope she flipped them off. So she went in there... She had enough strength, like, I'm going to cry at, like, 16 years old to go in there and testify against him. After Mary's testimony, she walked past him and out of the courtroom within inches of him. That's when he leaned over and whispered to her, I will finish the job if it's the last thing I do. She sock him? No. Aww. But wait. Singleton was convicted of rape and attempted murder for her case, and he was sentenced to 14 years imprisonment, which was the longest that he could get in the state of California. I don't believe it's enough, but they sentenced him to the max. I think dick removal would be the appropriate sentencing, but I digress. Well, prison <laughs> and dick removal. Correct. And then being raped in prison. And Correct. And then getting shitty food and being stuck in a cell by yourself. Correct. That's what she Mary did thrive. She got married. After all this happened, she had two children. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, she Need deserves. the mine shaft. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But really, she deserves love, she just does. like anybody Absolutely. else does. In I'm trying this to show her world. my love. But yes. But in 1987, so Singleton was paroled. Mary was obviously haunted with his threat to hunt her down. He almost killed her to begin with. Obviously, I would be fucking terrified too. In 1997, Singleton murdered a woman in Florida and was sentenced to death. He ended up dying of cancer while on death row in Florida. He's a piece of shit. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Fuck him. Mary has continued to speak out about her survival. She's been on a few different shows. She is a part of multiple programs. I know. I know that we are running out of time. Anyways, we have Facebook and Instagram. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Booze, bullshit, and true crime. Email us. It is booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. I don't know what else to say. Bye. Bye.